so awesome to be with you today. We're so excited for Jesus and what Jesus um, is doing in our lives and in this place. And as it's already been said, I uh, just want to remind you quickly, um, November 4th, November 11th, as John already shared, we're um, going into our next uh, round of next steps and just excited to get the chance to share pe with people the vision of our church and also get them connected to their purpose and the purpose that God has uh, for their lives. And then also um, uh, after service, um, immediately after, uh, we'll be obeying the Lord in baptism for those who um, will be taking that step um, in baptism. And so we ask just that if you have kids that are in kids ministry or in uh, back there, pick them up and then we'll be right out there and going to celebrate with those who are taking that step of obedience uh, with the Lord today. We've been in this series um, called Life Upgrade, and, and we really, for the past two weeks so far, have been talking about breaking free uh, from the past and breaking free from the, the strongholds and the bondage of the past. And I really uh, feel that a lot of people are in this place right now, and this is now the third week that I've said this, that we're just, we're stuck. We're not uh, moving backward, we're not moving forward, we just feel like in life we're kind of we're stuck. And the frustration of feeling like that is that there's something that calls to you from the inside of you that says, God, there's uh, more. Um, and as Austin was worshiping and leading in worship, I heard him say that, uh, that there's more. And, and that's what happens because of the way that God has created us. Inside of us, there's always something that's calling out. Our purpose and our destiny is calling out for the more that God has for our life. And so, much, so many times that more is not um, a material thing, but that more that's calling out is our destiny, our purpose, the, the plan that God has for our lives. And so we, we talked last week about how many times that battle to, to get free from the past is really a battle that's taking place in the mind, that's taking place in the mind. It's not so much something that a physical person is doing or saying that's holding us up, but it's the battlefield of the mind that keeps us stuck in this place um, that we can't really lay a hold to what God has for us. And we also talked about the fact that the more we think about the past, the more um, uh, we have an opportunity to go back to that. And I was sitting there and just thinking about how sometimes when we dwell on the past too much, sometimes we remember it wrong. You know, I don't know if you've ever been there, but sometimes we remember the past better than it actually was. And we'll sit there and we'll think about that old, uh, that old flame, if you ever had one, or that old relationship. And you start to say, oh, man, that was really good. But then you don't remember that you used to fight all the time and argue all the time. And, you know, there's one person in there that understands that. But, you know, and so what happens is, is we forget to lose phone numbers and, and text messages because we want to go back and remember something the way that it wasn't even really as good as we thought it was. And so God is, a, he's, a, he's a, a God who's a, and I don't want us to misunderstand this word, he's a progressive God, which means that he's always pushing us forward and moving us forward into the things that he has for us. And so we have got to get to this place where um, we're not hooked on the past. Now, every now and then I, I like to, um, if ever you've heard of Greek mythology, you heard of that. Anyway, it's, it's, you know, old stories and things like that. They're not true. But I was reading one, and I thought that it was interesting to share because um, it kind of fits into this place that, that we're trying to get free from. But there's this thing called the underworld in, in Greek mythology, and it's ruled by, by Pluto. And there's this river 
called uh, Lethe. I may not be pronouncing it right, but in short, what happened was in, in Greek mythology, if you drank from this river, then what would happen is that you would forget the past. And the challenge with that, even though it's not true, is that um, there's some things that we need to remember. Can we say amen? There's some things that we need to remember. We, because our, our past is not something that we just shoved to the side completely in a sense because we have to remember the things that taught us and built us and helped us to grow. And the problem is, is that if we don't learn from the past, there's an old saying, we're doomed to what? Repeat it. So we want to learn lessons from the past, but here's the trick. We don't want to live there. So I've got to learn from the past, but I don't want to live there. Now, here's the thing. is like no, nothing will happen when we drink from this imaginary river, but, but something amazing happens when we driver, dr uh, drink from the river of life. And that's only what Jesus can provide. Um, so in considering this message and what I would share today, uh, leadership uh, guru John Maxwell, he says something interesting. He says, life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And I kind of paused when I thought about that because how many of you can identify there's some stuff that's happened to me? You know, I may have caused it, I may not have caused it, but there's things in my life that have happened, some of which I had control over, some things I didn't have control over, but the key is not what happened. And this is where we get hung up because some of us have been through some hard things and some tough things, some bruises and some, um, some scars. So there's things that have happened to us. And I want to validate that today because there's some things that happened to you that you didn't deserve, that you didn't ask for. And then there's some other things that have happened in our lives that quite honestly we did. We brought them on ourselves. But either way, it's not what happened, but it's our response to it, what we do with it how we react to it. Um, in Psalm 66, verse 12, the psalmist writes this. He says, you made men ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. Let's go back to the beginning of that. You made men ride over our heads. People did some things to us. We went through the fire. That means that we, we've been, people have been burned, you know, and, and the problem sometimes with preachers and, and churches that we don't, we act as if people have not been through things that are hard, as hard as they actually have been through. Some things, let me tell you, they were hard, you know, and left to not having the grace of God and the mercy of God in our lives, we wouldn't have made it through it. So we've been burned. And how many of you know when you get burned, sometimes it leaves some scars? When you get burned, it leaves some bruises. And what happens is, is every time somebody gets close to something that scarred you or burned you, you what? React. You ever reacted? You ever snapped at somebody that didn't deserve it? They just was trying to help you or they're trying to share something with you and then you ended up reacting to it. The reason you did is because you got offended or burnt or scarred in that area. You know, and, and have you ever had a bandage and you removed it slow? thinking that the pain was going to be less if you just removed it slowly, but really you're just experiencing pain after pain while you try to peel that thing back. And sometimes we try to do that with uh, things that we've dealt with in the past, scars that we've had in the past, and burns that we've had in the past. You know, the other part of that scripture says that we went through the water. And when I began to realize what that means is there's some things that almost drowned us too. 
We felt like we were drowned. You know, we felt like we were going under, under the tests and the trials that we've been through. But I'm so grateful for a God who loves us, who sees all and who knows all because it says that even in all of that, yet you brought us into a place of abundance. And so what you need to understand is that God wants us to actually win in life. And this is not this some happy-go-lucky prosperity uh, message that I want to preach to you today, but I want to understand you to understand something. The God of the universe who is, has all the power in his hands and, and sees all and gives us victory over all, he actually wants you to win <laughs> in life. You believe that? Say amen. amen. Change is inevitable, but growth is optional. So we've got to understand something. We, you know, through the things that we've dealt with in our life and in our past, um, if you know me, I don't like quick changes. That's just me. I think that when you change, you have to steer a little slow so that you can be safe. But life doesn't always yield to my preference. And it doesn't yield to yours either, which means that there's sometimes where you're going to go through things like life is going like this, and then all of a sudden, pfft, you're going to get curved that way. You're going to get hit with something you didn't expect. You're going to get a phone call you didn't expect. You're going to have someone who you thought was with you till the end, and they just turn their back on you for no reason. Those types of things happen in life. I wish I could stand before you today and say that they don't. No, but they do. And sometimes those things, uh, they burn us. They make us feel like uh, we're drowning, but we have to adjust to the change. And we have to say, you know what? Even though I don't like this, you with me? I'm still going to choose to grow through it. And that's where it helps when we put our past in perspective, because you'll never get over the past until you put it in perspective. And the reality is, is I have to be honest with the fact that, yes, you hurt me. Yes, I hurt you. Yes, I shouldn't have made this choice. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have done this. But that is what it is. And I'm going to choose now to grow through what I've been through. Say amen. So too many of us, here's what's happening. We, because of our past, we're not living our dreams, but we're living our fears. That's what famous Les Brown says. And I, I would word this a little bit differently. And I would say something like this. I, I would say we're not living our God-sized vision that he has for our lives because of fear. I, wanna, I want us to really let this sit for a minute. And if you were honest... You ask yourself, how many of the things that God wants to do in my life am I, am I not doing because of fear? Oh, yeah, it's quiet in here. I have some stuff. I'll be real with you. I have some stuff that I still have not done because of this. You know, because what happens is you sit there, what, what if? What if I fail? What if I don't make it? What if I don't come out of this? What if they make fun of me? What if they laugh at me? I can't share this vision because people can't really, I don't know if they'll get behind me. All of that is fear that keeps us from living out the life that God has for us. And the thing is, some of our fears, the, the cause of the fear is valid because we fear because of our past experiences. How many of you had something you tried and it didn't work? How many of you had a lot of things you tried and it didn't work? You know, and so what happens is, is you, you have these things and you try them, and, and what you tell yourself is, is nothing I ever do works out. We're going to get a, a cure for that later on in this message. But 
everything that, that, that I try, it just didn't seem to work out. Nobody seems to get behind me. I try and try. And so what you do is you develop this mindset of defeat. And you've got to remember that when God is on your side, you don't have to back up. Amen? Proverbs 27, uh, verse 3. This is King Solomon. He says something that, um, to kind of piggyback off of what we were sharing last week. He says, for as, as a man, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. And so we as believers have to give attention to the way we think. We have to give attention to our thought life. You see, our thought life and the way of thinking is tied directly to the results that we're getting in life. Remember last week I told you in, in Romans 12, 2, which is not in this message, but God changes us by changing the way we think. He cha- you say, that sounds real practical. Well, God is not only spiritual, he's also practical. And he'll give you some practical things too. And so what happens is, is before we ever begin to win in life, we've got to change our mindset. You ever, you ever run into somebody and no matter how much sunshine is out there, they're going to point you to the one cloud. You know, you, you, you have these, can I be real with, with some real people today? You, you have these people sometimes that no matter how much you're trying to do something, they're the ones that can raise their hand and point out the problem and why you can't do it. And so when you have years and years of sharing vision and dreams and hopes for your life with people and they're constantly giving you the one reason why you can't make it, you begin to adopt that mindset yourself. But I believe that for some people that this is the day that that changes. It doesn't change because of any personal ability that you have. It changes because you're going to get an awareness of the God that lives inside of you. Amen. And so our, our way of thinking has to change in order to win. It's tied to the results that we're getting in life. Philippians 4, 8, 8 through 9 says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. See, he's getting ready to tell you, not only is your thinking important, but I'm going to tell you what to think about. I'm going to tell you how to think so that you can have victory in your life. And so he says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. So I first got to evaluate, just leave that, that verse up there for now, but I first got to evaluate what is true. Is what's going through my head, through my mind, through my heart actually true? Are y'all, are y'all walking with me through this? This is, this is important because what happens is uh, you'll, you'll have thoughts come into your mind, you'll have people say things to you, and if you're not careful, you won't let it pass through this first test. Is it true? I got to really make sure we understand it because if it's not true, that means that we're walking through life, we're filtering opportunities, we're filtering relationships through lies. You with me? And so now I've got to adjust it and say, the first thing that I've got to do is make sure that what I'm thinking is true. And guess what? This is not something that God does for us. I know we, we kind of been taught God will do everything for us while we we sometimes do nothing. I sit back, but no, your faith and your, 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 your life with God is not passive. It's active. You got to get involved in your miracle. Sometimes, write this down. It's not in your notes. God will call you to participate in your own miracle. Say it again for those who didn't hear it. God will call you to actually participate in what he wants to do in your life. And so this is why he says, uh, and it's underlined, fix your thoughts It's intention. We have to live in intention. You have to be intentional about what you're thinking about. On what is true, 
on what is honorable, on what is right. So I've got to stop right here and say, there's a little excuse that people use a lot when God is calling them to do something. You know what they say? I just let me pray about it. And, and the translation is, I really don't want to do this, so I'm going to postpone it by saying, let me pray about it. Now, there's some things you do need to pray about. Don't get me wrong. But there's other things that when it's right to do, you don't need to pray about it. You just need to do it. And God, so, so we want to think on what is right. Here's the next thing. We want to think on what is pure. Now, let me tell you, you never, and I'll say, I know we got some kids in here, so I'll say it like this. You didn't get in trouble first in the act. You got in trouble in your mind first. Oh, it's real quiet in here. So, so, so before, before you ever did it, you thought about it first. Matter of fact, you thought about it a long time before you did it. But here's the good thing. Now that I know what the cure is, if I change my thinking, I change my doing. Say amen. All right. And so what else? What is lovely? What is admirable? And then he focuses. He says, think about the things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Do you know, do you realize that even though you have anxiety and worry and fear and a lot of things that happen in your life, do you realize that there's some things that are not worthy of your thoughts? Come on. There's some things, they, 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 don't, they don't, everything that desires your attention does not deserve your attention. See, that'll, that'll help you begin to say no to the things that are draining life from you. That'll begin to help you say no to some of the people who are draining life from you. You know, because the reality is you have some people in your life, you, you, you ever heard the term, they're takers? And so all they do is they take, they take, they take, they take, they take, take constantly. Drain, 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 take, 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 drain. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give my name is Jimmy. I take all you give me. <laughs> and so what happens is, is, you know, when you begin to direct your thoughts right and you begin to realize that just because something is pulling for my attention, just because something wants my attention, just because something is asking and desiring for my attention doesn't mean it deserves it. Sometimes you got to say, you know what, I heard you, but I'm moving on. You know, I, I, God has plans for me. He has things that he wants to do in my life. So I can't stay here dealing with this right now. It's time for me to move forward. Here's what he says going on. He says, keep putting into practice all you've learned. And receive from me everything you've heard from me and sought, and sought me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. And so here's the principle. I can't separate my level of peace from my level of thoughts or thinking. See, see, they're, they're tied together. And this is why, you, you, if you're honest, have you ever had a lot of anxiety in your life? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen. I just, I, I got to get this solved. I got to get that solved. I got to put this puzzle together and that, that piece together. And I got to make this bill work with this. And what, by the time I get this, you know, you have any, any, any experiences like that? Or, or, or y'all always have it worked out? Okay. Okay, so sometimes it's like, I got to make this work, and I got to plug this hole, and I got to go back and plug this hole, and I got to make this sure it's all right over here, and I still got to make sure there's something in the refrigerator. Y'all ever had that? No. And so sometimes you got to take a step back and say, you know what? I don't know who, I don't know how, I don't know why, but I do know God. And so I go back to that. And so I can't separate my level of peace from my level of thought life or thinking. John 10, 10. Here, here's what he says. Here's what, what we have to learn. And this is why we have to understand that God wants us to win in life. 
um, write this down before I read this verse. As good as it is, it's not as good as it's going to be. As good as it is, it's not as good as it's going to be. I got to constantly pour that into us. To, you, where you are right now in your thoughts and in your mind, I got to remind somebody that's not it. It's not over for you. See, some, of, some people, you wake up every, every day and you're like, it's over. It's over for me. It's, it's never going to be better than this. But here's what Jesus himself says in John 10.10. 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if we were just left with that, we'd be in trouble. But here's the beautiful part. But then Jesus says, look, I'm on the scene. He says, I came that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The enemy seeks to drain life. That's what you need to understand. He seeks to drain life and God seeks to give it. And so what happens is, is he'll use the experiences. He'll use the things that you have uh, dealt with and gone through in your life and he'll constantly just slowly try to bleed you of your enthusiasm and your excitement for life. You remember, you have some things that you used to be excited about but you're not excited about them now. You, you ever felt like I just got to be like a real teacher and preacher. I can't be like, I can't put a mask on with you guys. So I, here's what I've noticed. You, you ever had a time where your, your worship of God, your praise of God, your commitment to God, it, it kind of fluctuated with how things were going on in your own life? So if things were going all right, you know, I'm ready to praise God and worship God. And I'm, I'm unstoppable and I, you can't stop me. But then, you know, you go through tests and Sometimes first thing you think is, well, I got to start giving God a little less time and a little less of my energy, a little less of my enthusiasm. And, you know, real commitment is not tied to your present circumstances. Understand, I'm not talking about commitment to a thing as much as I'm talking about commitment to God. And so real commitment, is, it's, not, it's not tied to what I'm dealing with or what I'm going through. I've got to learn to, to, to be going through it and do it anyway. And so Romans 5.17, here's what he says. He says, for if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign where? Say it with me, reign where? So they'll reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So here is what I've got to get everybody to understand. Here's what I've got to get you to understand. We've been taught, and it's true, that as believers, all of our victory is on the other side. All of our, our freedom, all of, all, of, all of what God wants to do is in heaven. See, the problem with that is we live here. And so, yes, God has given us eternity. He's given us good over there. But he also wants us to exercise some victory here. And when we talk about this, this, this idea of victory and reigning, if you're taking notes, what it means to reign, it means that you demonstrate kingly authority within your sphere of influence. Is that too deep for everybody or we got it? That means that in our sphere of, of influence, we were not intended to live as defeated people. So that mean, it doesn't mean that I have everything I want. It doesn't mean that I get everything I want. It doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that at all. This is not a, a position as much as a position in the natural as much as it's a position of the heart. So no matter what my job is, no matter what my socioeconomic status is, no matter what my health condition is, God created me to reign in this life. 
Proverbs 18:21 says this. It says, death and life are in the power of what? They're in the power of what? The tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So here's what he's saying. He's saying that their words, our words, are seeds that will produce fruit in our lives. Got to stop. Because that means that we got to think about what we've been saying. Some of us, you, you ever didn't, you, you, are you a type of person that if something comes to your mind, you say it right away? And then there's some people, you know, you got to chew on it and let that thing marinate before you actually talk. And I'm not saying necessarily that each one of these, I think each one of them has their purpose. But we do have to understand that words are their seeds. And they'll produce fruit in our lives. And, and so what we have to understand is that if I want to begin to see something different in my life, I got to start saying something different. If I want to see something different, that means that I got to say something different. But here's what it requires. It requires that when I'm going through things and when I'm faced with things in my life, there's two questions that I've got to answer. Here's the first one. What am I looking at? Now, the second one makes the first one interesting. What do I see? How many of you know those are not, they don't have to be the same thing. I may be looking at struggle. I may be looking at defeat. I may be looking at lack. I may be looking at roadblocks. I may be looking at, 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 at problems. I may be looking at mountains in my life. But if that's what, is that what I see? Because I can be looking at a mountain, but the mountain doesn't matter if I know the mountain mover. So I've got to be able to see the mountain mover, even though I might be looking at the mountain. Let's keep going. And so Paul said, but thanks be to God who always leads us. And that word always, always leads us in triumph or victory in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. So you were designed to reflect the glory of God. And when the victory of God is, is working in your life, let me tell you something. There's some things that God will do in you and people will see it and be drawn to him. That's why you can't give up. That's why you can't quit. Because even though you might be dealing with something now and your past may be filled with burns and scars, he created you for victory. And so we have to understand we don't fight for victory, but we fight from a position of victory. So that means that, you see, when, you, when you're walking with God, this, this is important. When you're walking with God, so many times we live this life as, as if the victory is something I'm trying to take or the victory is something I got to go get. No, 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 no. When, when Christ died and you received him, he already won the victory. So it's, it's, it's different. Um, you know, some people know my little secret that I used to be a professional wrestler. Somebody's laughing. Don't leave the church because I used to be a wrestler, okay? But here's what I gotta, here's what I've gotta tell you about that, that that's significant to what you need to know. Every time I got in the ring, I already knew that I was gonna win. Because the outcome was predetermined. I had to go and take the bumps and hit the ground and fall and get punched and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, at the end of the fight, I had my hand phased in victory. Why? I was in a battle, but I was fighting from a position of victory. Guess what? Some of you feel like you're in a fight right now. You're in a battle right now, but your mindset will change when you realize that no matter what's coming against you, you're fighting already 
from a, a position of victory. First John 5, 4 says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's you. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. As we bring this thing to a close, let me tell you a few things about faith. Because I want your faith fuel for when the prayer team comes up. I want your faith fuel for when we, we pray at the end. Um, you, you've got to learn about faith. If, if, if you want to know about victory, you've got to learn about faith. And so here's what we have to know. I believe it's Hebrews uh, chapter 11, um, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Let's look at it in the Amplified because it really gives us an understanding of this. Now faith is the assurance. Look, it's the confirmation in the title deed to the things that we've hoped for. How many know when you have a title deed, you have ownership? So that means there's some things you have ownership of before you see them. And so it says that it's the proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. So I'm convicted of the reality of the things that I'm believing God for before I see them. And so here's the last part, which is beautiful. Faith is perceiving as real fact what is not yet revealed to the senses. Are you being encouraged today? Because there's some things that you've been believing God for, but you haven't seen the manifestation of them yet. You know, and, and, and the, the, the trials and the tests of the past have convinced you that it's never going to turn out. It's never going to work out for you. But you got a title deed today. If you'll grab hold of faith today, then you have a title deed to those things. Faith is the currency that brings supernatural victory into my life. Just like in this world, when you go to the grocery store, you got to have some money or a method of exchange. When you're a king's kid, when you're a child of God, when you're walking in the kingdom, faith is that currency. So it's like, okay, there's some things that I'm believing God for. That means I've got to go in the word and begin to find out what God's word says about it so I can have faith for it and begin to bring that thing into reality. Walking by faith means that I have to see it before I see it. It means that I got to see it before I see it. All hell can be breaking loose in my life and, and all the tests and things and struggles that we go through can be happening, coming against me day in and day out. But it means that I have to see my victory before I see it and feel it in the natural. Walking by faith is this also. It's not walking blindly, but it's walking by sight of a better kind. And so sometimes, you know, you'll have some people walking with you and sometimes you might say, hey, do you see that? And they'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why you think that, that you can do this. I don't know why you think that God is going to work it out. And, you know, some people, you know, sickness and things like that come into, you know, your body or whatever. And people will say things like, well, I've never seen anybody recover from that. And I'll be like, well, you don't know God. Because a doctor's diagnosis, this is, I feel like this may help somebody. A doctor's diagnosis is not the final word. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be spooky. I'm just telling you, just because he said that, and he said this is how it's going to turn out, and this is how it's going to be, that's not the final word. God has the final word. Hebrews 3.19 says this. I, I, I'm reading a lot because I want you to, to walk into this when we pray together. It says, so we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. So here's the principle. Here's what God is saying through um, this. Unbelief does not restrict the availability of God's promises, but it does restrict the access. 
So there's some things that God has made available to us. But our unbelief, a lot of times it locks us out of it and we don't position ourselves to receive. So this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. The way has already been made. And my access will begin when my believing begins. I want to encourage someone today as we just bow your heads, just as we, as we round this out, bow, bow your heads. Now, I want you to think about everything that you've been experiencing up to this point in your life. I even want you to take a moment to think about those perceived defeats that you've had in your mind, maybe even family defeats, relational defeats, maybe things that you, you know, you knew in your heart God was calling you to pursue, but you just don't feel like, you know, either you, maybe you stopped midway, maybe, you know, circumstances arose that caused you to quit, or maybe it's just honestly, you know what, I know God has a purpose for my life, but you know, up to this point, I've talked myself out of it. I've, I've, I've given myself every conceivable possible reason not to do what God has called me to do. If you're here and you're like, you know, Pastor, I, I love God, but I needed a faith boost. There's areas in my life I just needed, I needed someone to speak into my level of faith, my level of expectation. You might even be here and you're like, my level of expectation, I've kind of lowered it because of what I've been through. That's you, just no one's looking around. Slip your hand up quickly. I want to know who I'm praying for today. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. I see you. I see you. All right. I want to pray with you because, you know, God is going to renew some things in you today as we pray. And um, I would even encourage you if there's specific things. Um, to get with one of these prayer team members. They, they've been seeking God. They, they've been believing God for you before you even got here, and they'd be happy to serve you and, and pray with you. And then also, I want to pray for a second group of people today. You might be here, and you're like, this is the day that I just need to go all in with Jesus and give my everything to him and surrender everything to him and let him be Lord of my life. If that's you, slip your hand up, and no one's looking around. Again, no one wants to embarrass you. Um, you just need to go all in with Jesus and make him Lord and of your life. That's you. We want to agree with you. Amen. Well, let's pray together. I want to pray for that first group first. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you uh, for those who are here and they've needed their faith restored. For whatever scar or bruise they've been through um, in their life, we know that you're able and perfectly competent, willing to heal and to set them free, Lord. Bring healing. Bring healing to those wounds so that they can finally begin to move forward, Lord. There's so much expectation on the other side of that wall of disappointment, that wall of distraction. Lord, remind them that their life is not doomed to defeat. It's not doomed to failure, but they're here in the very breath in their life and their existence, and they're waking up this morning is proof of their greater purpose moving forward. Every bondage of the mind I command to be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for them moving forward and all that you have for them. And now just repeat this prayer with me for those who are making a decision to follow Jesus. Repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
thank you. Everybody praying with me. Thank you for your cross. Thank you for your son dying and rising three days later. I commit myself to you. Sit on the throne of my life and be Lord. Thank you for cleaning me. Lead me, guide me, direct me, fill me, change me, make me yours. In Jesus' name. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. So a couple of things. We're going we're to receive our, our, our... We're so grateful for you to be here and continuing to take these steps um, of moving past the past and moving forward um, with God. If you're here and you came prepared to give and obey God in that area, um, we have several ways to give. We don't make a big deal about our long offerings here. You can give online at www.lifecityjacks.com give. If you're giving by traditional check or cash, you just put that in an envelope. There's a kiosk on the out, outside for you to drop your offering and connect cards in there. Um, and also you can text to give and you see the information online there. Uh, one of the most exciting things we do as a church is we stand with people and we um, just take their hand as they make a decision to take that public declaration in baptism and being baptized. And it's such a significant thing because it's someone saying that I'm making that outward public declaration of what I believe God has done in me on the inside. And so we're going to give a few minutes for those being baptized to get prepared for that. Um, it'll be happening right after service, right outside. We'd love for you to, to come out and join us out there as these people take this just beautiful step of obedience um, with Jesus today. Um, it'll be right out there. Um, we ask that you first, if you have kids in children's, children's ministry, please go get them because we want everybody to uh, be able to participate and watch and take the pictures that they need to pick, take while these people take this step of obedience. As we stand uh, today, if you're here and you need prayer, as soon as I dismiss, the prayer warriors will be up here um, ready to serve you um, and just agree with you in prayer. Um, faith for your week, whatever it is that you believe in God for, that's what they're here for, and they're going to do that. But I'll pray us out, and then let's get ready for baptism. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory for what you've done in this place. We give you forward uh, glory for the people who've taken steps of obedience with you, Lord, and they're ready to move forward and get, break free from the past. I even pray for those who are being baptized today, Lord, that their minds would, would just be enlightened and that greater levels of wisdom and understanding will be released um, into their lives, Lord, as they make this public declaration that the old is gone and the new has come. Pray blessings upon everybody's week and now who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. We give him praise. We give him glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. And if you need prayer, prayer warriors are here with you right now.